0: Welcome to Career Tours. This week, what to say when someone crosses the line. The questions this cast answers are, what do I do when I've had repeated conversations about a single subject? How do I get people to get the hint? And what do I do when I want a behavior just to stop? If your knowledge of desk, high D's, I's, S's and C's, the perfectionists, the Attila, the Huns, the marketers, the team players... If that has helped you become more effective at work, you'll wanna seriously consider coming to our effective communications conference. We set the basics of DISC in an hour or so, and then we spend the rest of the day teaching you how finally to communicate effectively, which is to pay attention to what your listener does and communicate in a way that makes sense to them. At the end of the day, you'll be able to read someone in a conversation, determine their major DISC tendency, And then based on that, make some changes in how you deliver to improve the chances that you get harmony and congruence and collaboration and not drama, conflict, and tension. Come see us. So Danny, I bet you have been asked like I have been asked, this person is doing something or saying something or having conversations about a particular topic and I've asked them to stop and they don't stop. Or I don't know what to say to them to ask them to stop.
1: I think a lot of times, Wendy, when people say I've asked them to stop, what they mean is I've kind of hinted around that I don't really want them to talk about that. (laughs) But I didn't actually come right out and say, I would rather not talk about that. (laughs) Like we want, we we sometimes get frustrated because we hint and people don't pick up the hint. Like when I'm on a plane and somebody's kicking the back of my seat and I kind of look over my shoulder at them, like, don't they know that's the universal hint for stop kicking my seat (laughs) instead of just turning around and saying, please stop kicking my seat. So uh, I like that our recommendation is that essentially don't hint and be direct, but there's a way that you can do it kindly. I mean, we're not, we're not going to be rude. um, Right. So
0: there's kind of two things that are going on here. There are the, the, discussing of a subject that shouldn't be discussed and we'll put shouldn't in air quotes and we'll talk about that in a second. So people talking about politics or money or other controversial subjects at work and then there's all uh, the second kind of case where you've asked someone to stop doing something or you've given them a hint and they're not getting the hint and these phrases that we're going to give you we're going to give you five phrases and they can be softened or you could give them just with the phrase if you want to be stronger and we would recommend that you start with the softest and move up and we'll talk about different levels for these phrases but if you've got to the point where it's like they haven't got the hint and i've done it enough times and i've said it and i've said it softly then you can just say this phrase and you'll be done so the phrases are i prefer not to discuss this at work i don't think we should be talking about him or her i don't like you doing that please stop wow I can't believe you said that, and I understand why or what. And
1: my favorite, I think, is I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> so the first is we would say this is probably the softest, which is I prefer to not discuss that at work. And this is really useful for any impolite conversation that your coworkers are trying to include you in. And when we say impolite, um, we mean in the sense of mismanners definition of impolite. Polite people, Miss Manners would say, and my mom would say, and your mom probably would say, Wendy, do not discuss politics, money, religion, or sex outside of their family. And I know that there's some people who disagree with us on this. We've actually posted on Facebook a couple of times um, as we've been leading up to the uh, election season here in the States, you know, to remind people don't discuss politics at work. And some people have have disagreed with us on that and and that's okay. But the reason that we recommend to not discuss those things is because those are topics that generally tend to make other people uncomfortable. As a general rule, most people are not super comfortable talking about those things. And as we say all the time, it's all about people and it's all about relationships. If you're talking about things a lot that make other people uncomfortable, you're not gonna have great relationships with them. And if you can't really tell, most of the time you're probably not gonna be able to tell if the people around you are uh, offended or uncomfortable about what you're talking about because they're probably trying to be polite and just not say anything, <laughs> then it's better to just not talk about them at all um, and to just avoid those topics.
0: Exactly. However, if your coworkers are having a conversation about the election or one of those other subjects, and it's one that you don't want to be in for whatever reason, you're uncomfortable with it, you follow Miss Manner's advice and don't talk about politics at work or you're just having a bad day and you just don't want to listen to it then you can say i prefer not to discuss politics at work and it's quite clear and said in an even tone it, it, there's no argument with it if you just say i prefer not to discuss politics at work there's nothing that somebody can kind of cling on to to um To argue with you. If you make it a question or you make it sound like a question, which it isn't, then they'll try and answer it, as in, well, you should be able to discuss politics at work because of whatever reasons they give you. And I mean, it is legal, it's not like it's illegal, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a preference not to do it. So if somebody says, well, it's my Second Amendment right to say whatever I want. First. First amendment. First. I'm sorry. First. I was so happy I got one. Um, Second amendment is guns. Oh, that's right. But it is your right to decide you don't want to be in that conversation or you don't want to make that discussion. So don't let somebody convince you out of your preference
1: and the thing that i like about this statement wendy and i I think it's why we recommend kind of starting with it is because it's not you're not making a judgment statement about the other person talking about it right you're not saying oh you shouldn't be talking about that or you're saying i prefer to not talk about it you're not saying that you think they're they're bad because they are you're just simply stating your preference Um, which I think is, is really smart, is a really smart way of saying it. Um, And if you still want to soften it a little bit more, following up with something like, you know, this is just one of those little rules that I have for myself, um, you know, said with a little bit of a chuckle, or, um, you know, it's just, my mama always told me, not to talk about that stuff. It's just kind of been our family rule. And I always try and do what my mama tells me, (laughs) you know, that can kind of lighten it up a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you could use that same sentence for medical issues or relationships or any other topic that you don't want to discuss. For example, if you're having time off for surgery and people will say, oh, what are you having done? You can say, I prefer not to discuss it. At work, or I prefer not to discuss my medical issues at work. And people will be curious, but that doesn't mean you have to tell them. And you don't have to tell them after you've made that statement. It's pretty clear you're not going to make it. And again, you can soften it with, oh, it's a bit icky and I don't want to spoil your lunch. Or, you know, it's stressing me out a bit. And I just find that talking about it more just makes me more stressed out. So I hope you'll understand. And most people will say yes. And not bring it up again, even though they're probably still curious. Oh, well, that's okay. They can live with their curiosity.
1: You have used that one with me a lot, Wendy, because I probably ask too many questions.
0: I <laughs> but there's been times where
1: um, I know that something's bothering you and I'll say, you know, I'll ask you a question or do you want to talk about it? And you'll say, talking about it just makes it worse. Okay, let's talk about something else. There's never been a single time in our relationship where you have said that where that offended me or I was put off. I was like, okay, she doesn't want to talk about it. And most people, I think when it comes to stuff like that, medical issues or um, a personal problem that people know that you're dealing with, they're asking as a way to show concern, right? I care about you. Um, I'm here if you want to talk about it. And when you say it makes it worse to talk about it, oh, I don't want to make it worse. I was only asking to let you know I care about you. Uh, and so that's a good way to end the conversation that does not damage the relationship.
0: Exactly. Thank goodness that we're still friends. Uh, <laughs> Please. I didn't even realize I do that. But when you said it, I do. Okay, so the next one is, I don't think we should be talking about him or her. And th- this is a little stronger, isn't it? It is, but it's still with an even tone. Then it, it's not offensive. It's not. It's not in your face or anything. It's... Just, you know, I don't. I think because it has the we, I don't yes. think we should be talking about that. It's different to, I have a preference not to. So you're right. It is.
1: I'm okay with it being a little bit stronger because this is what you would say if somebody is gossiping. Um, and gossip is toxic. Talking about other people for no other purpose than your own entertainment or your own pleasure is not helpful for the team, and it and it really turns you into the kind of person that other people don't want to be around. I mean, people assume that if you're gossiping about other people to them, that you're also gossiping about them to other people. Uh, so it makes people not want to be to be around you. And gossip w- is tearing down the team, and is not you know we believe gossip is not to be tolerated. So I'm okay with this one being a little bit stronger because gossip is not is not good. Now there there are conversations about people that serve a purpose, so discussing who should go on a certain team or be assigned to a certain project, or the best way to approach someone in a negotiation or a sensitive conversation, for example, those conversations have a specific purpose that serve the organization. But if the thing that you're talking about, the conversation you're having about somebody is not for a purpose for the organization, then it's gossip. and. That conversation, that gossip should be should be terminated, should be ended.
0: And again, you can soften this if you want to with, I have a rule about not saying anything about anyone that I haven't already told them, or I have a rule about not talking behind people's backs. And for some reason, people are much more accepting of personal rules than I don't like it. So you could say, I don't like talking about people behind their back. But if you say, I don't think we should be doing this. And I have a personal rule against talking about people behind their back. Somehow that makes it better. Ru- the rule part makes it better.
1: It's not that you're making a judgment about them. You're saying this is this is my rule. One, one that I've used in the past is, you know, last time I was in a conversation like this, I got in a lot of trouble and said things I shouldn't have said. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I don't want to get in trouble again.
0: again, that brings it back to you. And it's not a judgment. It's not about the other person. It's about consequences. Okay. So the next one is pretty strong too. I don't like you doing that. Please stop. Yeah. And
1: this is really useful in issues where coworkers are violating your personal space or they're taking over your work in a way that's not appropriate. Um, And it can be something that's um, perfectly innocent. The person doesn't have any bad intent at all. Maybe the coworker touches your arm to get your attention and it scares you and makes you jump.
0: I used to do this with my team and I, and I didn't realize I would go around my team every morning and, say, and stand behind each of them or stand next to each of them and say, hi, how are you, how are things? What are you worried about today? And I would put my hand on their shoulder or their arm. And we had someone who came to work in the team who said, I'm sorry, I don't like being touched. Will you not do that? And I was mortified and I hadn't even realized I was doing it. And I had no intention of anything other than it was, I don't know, a connection, a, way to a connect, gesture yeah. of support or something. And I didn't do it ever for her. And I actually stopped doing it for other people too because I know there are people who don't like to be touched. And so I, I lessened it a lot. But it, again, it was completely unconscious. And until someone pointed it out, I had no idea where I was doing it.
1: Yeah. The one that I, I hear a lot about is hugging. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, some some of us, probably about half, half the world or so, <laughs> likes to hug you when they see you. And the other half of the world doesn't like to be hugged. And that's totally appropriate and, and fine to say, I don't like to be hugged. You know, could you please stop? That's not out of line. Or another one that, that I see a lot uh, discussed on the internet is pet names or nicknames. Oh, yes. Like Hun or Sweetie. You know, me personally, I love it when people call me nice things <laughs> because the, <laughs> the, the, other, the only other option is not pleasurable. But, but I know that there's a lot of people who are really uncomfortable with that, you know, if mm-hmm. you just call them Sweetie or Hun. And so yeah, that if would you be call something. Me wind.
0: I will tell you, I do not like to be called. You can call me anything, but please don't call me wind. I don't like it. It's appropriate to express that displeasure because
1: if you don't like somebody doing something like that to you and you never say anything, it's not their fault that they don't know. It's your fault that you haven't told them. Now, if you tell them and they keep doing it, then that's that's a different issue. Um, but this phrase is is a little bit more of an escalation than the previous ones, right? So the first time you notice, for example, a coworker who, like, so they answer your phone because they're trying to help, but it's not really helpful to you. You might say, you know, hey, I, I know you're just trying to be helpful and I really appreciate it, um, but really I just, I prefer if you let it go to voicemail, it's just, it's easier for me to, to start from the beginning with the customer. And they may stop, probably, most, I think most people would, but if they don't, then you might have to have another conversation and be, a little bit more direct, escalate a little bit more, please stop picking up my phone. It makes my job more difficult. And if they're still not stopping, then I don't like you answering my phone, please stop. That statement, I don't like you doing that, please stop. That's the end of the road. That's, (laughs) (laughs) that's the end point that that is not the beginning of this conversation with, with this person. So um, and if you're at the point where you're where you're saying something like that. I don't like it when you do that. I don't like it when you hug me. I don't like it when you touch my arm. Please stop. You're probably approaching the, the point where you need to talk to your manager about that person's behavior as well. Because at that point, you probably said it, said something to them several times and they haven't stopped yet.
0: And and what you've said is perfectly clear. Oh, there's, no, there's no, I misunderstood. Them. Right? There's no, <laughs> oh, I didn't think they meant it. Right. <laughs> it's like, if you say, please stop doing that, or oh, I don't like you doing that. Please stop. It's perfectly clear that you want them to stop. That's right. The next one is one of my favourites, and I totally stole it. So it's wow! I can't believe you said that. And I stole it from Alison Green from Ask a Manager. If you don't read her blog, you should. It's really good, and she often advises it for people who are with a coworker who has said something offensive something sexist or racist or any of the other ists and it also works for inappropriate jokes like politics sex money religion on those kind of topics so if somebody says i should think all the mexicans should go home then wow i can't believe you said that out loud it's just it just shuts everything down down. (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing that someone can say to that apart from oh my gosh I'm so embarrassed.
1: But we probably wouldn't say that to our boss, I'm guessing. (laughs) I don't think that's small. Yeah. I think these phrases that that we're recommending, Wendy, are for use with our peers, right? And we don't want to embarrass our boss by saying, wow, I can't believe you said that in a meeting with everybody else on the team. Even if our boss's behavior, we think it needs to be called out, it's probably still not a, a good idea, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you have a great relationship with your boss, you can pull her aside later and say, hey, I just want to let you know, but that joke could have offended some people. And then you leave the ball in their court. You don't criticize them. You're not you're not judging them. You're just saying, hey, I think that joke could have offended some other people. But if you don't have a great relationship and this is the kind of behavior your boss has, then there's only two things to do, which is one get promoted twice and therefore be his or her boss and be able to tell them, cut it out or move to a different company with a better environment. The thing about people who are deliberately and consistently making jokes or making comments like this is they probably have negative behaviours elsewhere and you don't want to provoke negative behaviours from someone who gives you clothes, food and shelter.
1: Yeah, not, not until you have another way to provide clothes, food and shelter for yourself. <laughs> exactly.
0: And uh, absolutely, society would be better if we all called it out and, and it was stamped out. But you don't need to be a one-person crusade against your boss because they'll probably win. Even if you go to HR, the company will end up supporting them. The company will work themselves in knots to be able to support them and be able to support that manager. And the person who will suffer is you.
1: Well, and the other thing that I I like about this phrase, Wendy, wow, I can't believe you said that, is it gives the other person an opportunity to reflect on what they just said and hopefully make amends, apologize, and say, I'm so sorry. Wow, I shouldn't have said that. Won't happen again. Uh, Look, I'll be totally candid. I have had people in my career tell me, I, I don't think I've ever had somebody say, I can't believe you said that in a meeting, but I have had people come up to me after the fact and said... And say the other the other phrase you recommended. It, we recommended here about you know. Hey, I just want to let you know that that thing you said, you know, I think some people were offended by it. I just remember being mortified because mm-hmm. of course I didn't intend to offend anybody. In my head, it sounded totally fine or you know whatever, just well, funny, funny or yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, and and so grateful for the opportunity to go back to the group or to the team and and say, I'm really sorry I said that. I mean, because, you know, we've all said things that we should not have said. And I think what the difference is, is do you try to apologize for it? Do you try to make up for it? Right. Yeah. As opposed to I don't care and you continue to do the behavior.
0: I definitely have speak before you think disease. And I often say things and Mark will tell me later, hey, when you said that thing, this is what I thought. And I think that's not what I was saying at all. But I can then, usually I can see why somebody else would have thought that I was saying something else and how that was not what I intended at all. So I'm trying to get better at it.
1: It's a phrase that clearly says that you don't agree with it, right? I can't believe mm-hmm. you said that, but it still gives the person an opportunity to make it better, which I think is good. And our last one is... I understand why, or I understand what, and so I understand why you're feeling that way. I understand why you would have that opinion. I understand what you're saying, and uh, I have some work to do that I need to get back to. Um, So this is really good for redirecting conversation, um, particularly with folks who maybe just like to kind of bend your ear and, and kind of what's the what's the word you say whinge is that the whinge, whinge? Yeah. yes <laughs> kind of whine about things particularly about things that you can't do anything about and no matter how much you are sympathet- sympathetic and empathetic and even possibly compassion uh towards them in the situation there's really nothing you can do about this you know things uh about having to ask for vacation in advance or whining because somebody else got assigned a better project or something like that. You know, that's really between your coworker and his or her boss. There's nothing you can do about it. You have no power in that situation. So if after a reasonable amount of time, and I mean, certainly, you know, letting somebody go on for 10 or 15 minutes, I think is probably more than generous. (laughs) This is a really good phrase. I can I can understand why that's frustrating you, Stephen. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't have any good advice for you. I I don't know what to tell you. I wish I could make it better for you, but you know I really got to get back to this report. I I have a deadline, so I'm sorry, but I got to get this this work done. I view it kind of as um, just it redirects their attention and their energy off of their problem.
0: Or at least off of telling you about their or, yeah. <laughs> and, you Yeah. Know, and if you cut out some of the words and just go with the phrase in that sentence, I can understand why that's frustrating for you. And I need to finish this report by lunch, so I need to get on now. That's pretty clear about, you know, I'm not going to discuss this with you and I'm about to turn around to finish my report. But managers who use the feedback model will, remind, will remember that faster is better. And it's almost always the case when you use these phrases too. So more words don't help. They just muddy the waters around your message. The more words you use in an attempt to soften it, in an attempt to make it feel better when you're disagreeing with someone or saying to someone, I don't think you should be doing that, you're just confusing them. And if you find that people aren't getting it, even when you're using these phrases, it's probably because you're adding too many softening phrases to it. And it's a continuum. And like we said, you want to use something softer at the beginning. You don't want to go straight in with, I don't like that, please stop, because it's just too hard. And and you have to give somebody the benefit of the doubt that they're doing it unconsciously or they're doing it for a good reason. Because 99% of people are, and at that point, they'll stop. If you find that that's not working, and you've kind of gradually moved up the escalation, then you do have to use that phrase by itself. And you have to be brave enough to say it with just those words. I'm not sure who
1: said it. Uh, I'm sure somebody very brilliant said it originally, but I've heard it repeated. To be unclear is to be unkind
0: oh nice I like that and sometimes
1: it's true true. and and we often do the opposite which is if I fancy this up (laughs) and and put lots of flowers and stuff around it it won't be so unkind but that is really being unkind because you're not communicating clearly what you'd like the other person to do
0: and make me stand here for three minutes while you get to the point that you don't like me doing something just make it worse Yeah. And not give me a chance to fix it. Yeah, exactly. So before we end, um, I just want to give you, or we just want to give you a couple of caveats. And Danny mentioned this one already, which is if you don't speak up, you don't get to complain. If you're standing around saying nothing and then complaining later to other people, that is a tears down the team behavior. You are not supporting the team. You're not being helpful. You're not... De-escalating something, you're not stopping a behavior that's unhelpful to the team, and that counts towards tearing down the team and a uh, manager tools. That's a fireable offense.
1: If you don't say anything, you're giving your agreement, and then to to complain about it later is is not fair because then again, you're not giving the person the opportunity to change and do better.
0: And the behaviors that we've described are not bullying. In the real world, rather than in strict legal terms, bullying and harassment describe attacks made on you. And just because someone says f- something offensive, that doesn't ma- mean you're automatically in a hostile work environment or you're auto- the person who it was said to is automatically being harassed or being bullied. It just means that the organizational values or your values need reasserting, and that means speaking up and saying, I don't like it, when you tell Bridget that she's not doing a good job in front of the team. Please stop. It's not unclear and it's not bullying someone. It's just making clear that this behavior is not being tolerated by the rest of the team. And if you are attacked personally for anything that you say that we've recommended, then maybe that is the time to go to your boss and then to HR. And if you're not sure, there's the forums And if you're a licensee, you can email us and we'll help you with the situation.
1: I don't think anywhere has been written, you have the right to an offense-free work environment. (laughs) (laughs) If you work with other people, you are going to be offended.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is true.
1: Because people, I hate to say it, are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves and they're going to say stupid things. I know I have. And
0: I think everybody has. Everybody every, every, if you want to admit it to yourself, then you still have. Because All <laughs> of us have said stupid things. So most of us struggle with being blunt enough to shut down conversations and behavior that's not appropriate. Most of us struggle with finding the right words and just being brave enough to say those words. So if you use these phrases first with the, the softening edge and then more and more bluntly until you just have the phrase itself, It takes away some of the stress of trying to work out what to say. It gives you a roadmap and hopefully it will help you escape those situations that you don't want to be in and stop the behaviors that aren't appropriate.
1: Excellent. This is both timeless and timely considering uh, yesterday was election day here in the States in 2016. So I'm sure there are lots of inappropriate conversations being had at the workplace today. (laughs)
0: Indeed. <laughs> Inappropriate and offensive, probably. And offensive. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks, Danny. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. I hope that was helpful. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did.